and welcome to another episode of Ruminations Red Room. I'm your host Kyle with a K. Today we have with me the new blood. Brandon, what's up? Bing bong. Uh, very hungover. Uh, having a nice cup of coffee, a little glass of OJ. This may be my first sober cast, I think. Ever. Um, I, I think ever. I think that I've at least had a beer with with every single recording, so it, it feels nice to go into this uh, raw. Raw-dogging it. Raw what did you drink last night? A mixture of... I kept going back and forth between Bud Light Lime and some Ronies. A little, little lime slice thrown in there. Okay. okay. Um, you know what? And- I, you know, actually, I was wondering this last night, and I should have tried it. If instead of putting a lime in Corona... You put in a little shot of Bud Light Lime. Um, hmm. Did you try it? I didn't. I should have. Oh, you should have. Yeah, I was going to say, like, what's your take? I'll try it and report back. It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. <laughs> also with us, we have Ian with Dewey. Felt a little more than two. Felt like a little more than two. Um, what's, what's going on? What's going on? That's me. How's it going? It's going good. So what have you been up to in this last week since we've talked? <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's just, been, it's just been a week, you know? It's, it's been such a full week. Um, I watched Taxi Hunter last night. Um, which was pretty amazing. Uh, it's directed by Herman Yao, who is known for uh, Ebola syndrome and the untold story. Very shocking, um, supposedly disturbing films. Um, and then this was very tame. And uh, it, it was very good. It was, it was a good revenge story. Okay, okay. Did you drink at all last night, or did you keep it sober? Uh, yeah, I was a uh, drink, drink water. Sober. <laughs> All right. Cool. Damn the the Mormons are like, oh, he's crazy. <laughs> he had a night last night. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, today we're talking about the 2019 film. I th- is this the uh, most recent movie we've ever covered? Uh, no, Fear Street. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. So we're covering 2019's Bliss, which is directed by Joe Bagos. But before we get into that, Mitch, hit the time machine, please. We're going back to 2019. So long ago. So long ago. It feels like forever. Good year. Good year. Pre-pandemic. So great year. Yeah. Doesn't doesn't it feel like 2019 was like fucking 10 years ago? Yeah, I was only half joking when I said it. It felt like forever ago. Um yeah, it does. It does feel like forever. But like um, there were there were some bangers that year. There was a it, lot of good a lot of good horror movies. Yeah. It was just good for movies. Like I I I would say it's it's one of the best years for film. One of the best years for film. Rattle off three of your favorite films that year. Three of my favorite films. Hold on. That you could think of. Let's look two, it up. Hey, Brendan, look two it up seconds. Well. Yeah, okay. 2019. 
2019. I'm, I'm almost there. The highest grossing movies here. Oh, yeah, you got Spider-Man Far From Home. What a great year. Avengers Endgame. Let's see. Marriage Story. Oh, come you know, on. Oh, my God. What? Still haven't seen that. You don't like that movie, Brendan? That's What's wrong with you? One, Are your parents Adam, not divorced? Adam Driver is just a Must be nice. Actor. Um, Joker came out that year. Oh, great. We had a Rambo movie. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Brendan, do you not like Joker? No, I don't. Why not? I, I'm not a big, like, comic fan, and I get that, like, Joker is a more grounded movie. Um, I just really hate the community that's behind it. Uh, so I just, I just don't care for it in any way, shape, or form. We'll take out the community and take out the fact that it's a comic book movie. Um, as it's just a standalone film, what do you think about it? Um, I can appreciate the movie for what it is, the um, the connections that it tries to make with other types of movies. Um, like as a movie itself, it's fine. I don't really get all of the hype around it of people saying it's an amazing film because I, I don't think it is. I, I'm really sick and tired of when an actor makes such a dramatic physical change that everyone's like, Oh my God, just because of that, you know, give this person every award possible, uh, or at least nominate them for it. You know, it was, it was interesting and fun when Christian Bale did it for like the machinist and, you know, for Batman begins when he got fucking yoked. Um, but at this point it's just kind of annoying. Or when Jordan Peele did it for get out. What do you mean? When he like, dramatically changed like his whole style like he was only you know from comedy no i no i i meant i meant physically oh physically i got yeah you. um i think yeah. it's still pretty impressive it's not i mean well brennan do you have anything from 2019 that's notable to you yeah um i mean do you want me to go horror or non-horror just shoot anything out um so i i think i mentioned this i might have mentioned this yesterday i mean last time we recorded um there's a movie called one br that i really like um swallow also came out in 2019 which is i don't know if you guys have seen that that movie's kind of wild i have not um i've heard daniel daniel isn't real was also like a weirdly insane movie that gave me VFW vibes. I mean, and bliss vibes. And it has Arnold Schwarzenegger's son in it, I believe. Right? Yeah. Patrick Schwarzenegger. Um, and the only other really notable movie, I think from 2019 is haunt. Have you guys seen that? I have, uh, Ian and I actually watched it together. I think that wait also wait was Ready or Not 2019? It was. Okay. You're missing okay. out on some I'm big gonna movies. Throw that on the list as well. Especially a Brendan movie. What? What's the, the Lighthouse? Oh yeah. Was that 2019? Oh, and so was Midsommar. And so yeah, was and Parasite. No, I I don't care. Knives Out. Knives Out is the one I was could have mentioned. Knives Out and Ready or Not were movies i thoroughly enjoyed more mainstream but i i thought they were really really good 
also um in the tall grass came out that year uh, i dug that that's key well, from beyond the fog shout out to that movie the top five highest grossing horror films of that year starting with number five is pet cemetery which is the remake oh, i've always wanted to see that i wasn't a fan of the remake personally <laughs> number four was the curse of la Llorona, which i still uh... haven't seen yet that was the James Wan one, the Conjuring verse one, right? James Wan produced, produced. Movie. I think maybe uh, it wasn't directed yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Scary stories to tell in the dark was number three. Not a fan. I didn't mind it. I actually enjoyed it for a PG thirteen horror movie. I thought it was fun. You know, as number it, well, Kyle, th- this might be more of a you and I thing, maybe less of an Ian thing. But like, whenever you were on like road trips or anything. Uh, when in your younger years, would you ever see those books in like truck stops and things like that? Uh, not in truck stops and stuff, but I mean, I just have a history with those books. I used to check out the same fucking book repeatedly from the library as a kid and reread the same stories in it over and over. Like I can almost recite like the first book. I can almost recite the stories like word for word. I've read it so much. <laughs> there was um, a, there was this one uh, truck stop, or I guess more of a grocery station in a, in the Poconos where like my mom and dad would trade me off like a piece of luggage. Um, and whenever we would go to uh, my dad's cabin or my grandpa's cabin in the Poconos, you know, it was always a Friday night, dark and spooky. And I would always see a cover of at least one of those scary stories books. And they just frightened me as a child. Yeah, there it's some terrifying imagery. And yeah. uh I I think scary stories to tell in the dark was the right way to do a children's book reimagined in a modern day film, unlike Goosebumps was, personally. Okay, because I still haven't seen it. It's alright. Scary stories to tell in the dark was pretty good in my opinion. Annabelle Comes Home was number two. Uh I like that As, one. So who's the big Conjuring fan? Or that's Conjuring, Me. right? I like okay. I, I I'm obsessed. I for like the longest time I was obsessed with the Conjureverse, Conjuringverse, whatever you want to call it, the Wannaverse. Where Jeez. does Annabelle stand in all that? In your guys' opinion? I mean, I think that I didn't like the first standalone Annabelle movie, um, but the second one, the one that's a period piece. Um, I liked that one so much. And then unfortunately, I think Annabelle comes home. They just tried to like, they just tried to introduce so many spooky specters because it was like clear that they didn't have anything to tell an actual story about. So they just tried to throw like as much random shit as they could in there. And it really missed the boat. I'm a fan of the, uh, the Annabelle series i i own all of them on blu-ray and none of the other um films in the conjuring series so um it, it, the last one did feel like a bit of a fan service since everyone was like so obsessed with the um the basements and then they kind of just gave that to us so it, it was it was fine where does come home uh rank in the uh in the annabelle movies for you because there's three right or two or three yeah there's three where does that one rank I'd say like second. Okay, so it's not the worst. No. 
Cool. Number one is It Chapter 2, the oh. second part to the It remake, also based off the Stephen King book. Seen Chapter 1, I enjoyed it, have not seen Chapter 2 yet. Yeah, I haven't seen, I've watched the dead meat on it, and that's it. Um, Ian, have you seen I it? I have not seen it either. Have you no, seen I saw the original one? in uh, theaters. Like the, the, not the 1991, obviously, but the chapter one I saw in theaters. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. I thought it was pretty good. Hot take. The original Tim Curry one kind of sucks ass. It really sucks. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Like, it's, I, it, I don't think it sucks, scary. but it's not nearly as good as people make it out to be. I think it's more just idolizing it's Tim just... Curry than it is anything else. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I thought it was more like a nostalgia thing. And people are like, people have like some fear of clowns for some reason. Do you guys have, do you guys fear clowns? Not at all. The only time I was uh, scared of clowns was, do you guys remember like two or three years ago, all that clown shit that was happening? Yeah. That's when That's they made the- like uh, that weird movie with the dude that dressed up as a clown and like, Walked around his neighborhood and scared people, right? What's it called? Uh, wrinkles. Wrinkles, yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. like, whenever, like, those clown sightings in America, that was probably the only time I've ever, I mean, besides when I was a child, that's probably the only time I've ever been scared of a clown. I was 100% more scared of the spider that Tim Curry turns into at the end of it, the original, <laughs> than the actual clown itself, so that that terrified me. That spider was disgusting. I hate spiders so much. I, but I think that, that Bill Skarsgård did an amazing job as Pennywise. Yeah, me too. I've only seen chapter one, but I thought he did a great job. You know, he's such a... That whole family is like such a talented family of actors. Well, today we are covering the 2019 film Bliss, starring Dora Madison, which I know her from Dexter now. She's in Dexter, and she's also a babe. Uh, True Collins is Courtney. Yeah. Reese Wakefield is Ronnie. Jeremy Gardner is Clive. We'll get into what we think of the movie. Ian, what are your thoughts of Bliss 2019? Um, darn, I, I was really hoping to get uh, Brendan's thoughts first, since this is... He he's had more time to sit with it. We also just, know that he likes the movie already. So yeah, and I kind of wanted to get um some sort of uh, hype, I guess. I mean, do you do you want me to do you want me to jump in? I can jump I in. Do, yeah. All right, going in balls first. Um, no, I think that uh the first time I saw this movie was at a festival and I was just completely entranced. Thank God I don't have epilepsy because I probably would have died. Damn. Um there's I just there's something about this movie that it feels very it feels like it could be a very pretentious movie if it wasn't handled as well as I think Joe Bagos handled. Um this movie and i like his i like his other stuff like uh almost human i think is a really uh fun movie vfw's fantastic i think this is great um there's uh there's a lot the one of the main themes is uh an artist in their work and how they they go about it and i think it's really interesting 
to show, and I mean, there, there's so, there's so many lines in the movie that that really highlight that point that I uh, that I want to make, but I'll I'll save that for when we get to it. Um, but the one specific line is where Des says, "You see it, but you don't fucking see it," and I think that that's a really poignant line because whether or not you think like I hate the Big Bang Theory but some people love it there's there's an art to it and even though i hate it you don't see all the background shit that goes into it the meticulous setup of every single scene you know things like that so i think that a lot of times an artist is very underappreciated and i think that this movie kind of highlights that she was also ramped up on drugs at that time so oh yeah 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 <laughs> um i don't think there there might have been like a super deep meaning behind her saying that but it's cool that you interpret that that way i think that there was more meaning behind it than just a throwaway line but ian what did you think of bliss 2019 <clears throat> um i thought it uh it kind of borrows from a lot of uh a lot of films like uh suspiria climax um, I mean, we just covered angst, which it has the same uh, cinematography style, which is the camera around the waist. Um, and it does all this. And I think it, it's, it's a fine, it's a fine way to do it. I guess if, if he was, if his, um, objective was to pay homage to all the movies he loved, then I think he did a, a decent job. Okay, well, what do you like? Do you like it? <laughs> do you not like it? Like, what do you think of the movie? Like, <laughs> I think it's decent. It's decent. You think it's decent? Okay. Um, I don't I'll think I'll, I'll take that. I don't think the movie's pretentious, in my opinion. Uh, I don't see that, but uh, I thought the movie was decent as well. Um, I think that there are a lot of cool shots. There are a lot of shots that. I think Ian said it perfectly. That seemed like they're borrowed from other films or maybe things that he was inspired by. I also think that the shots, some of the shots that were done were used more than once. And the first time used, they were executed really well for the moment in the scene that was happening. And they, they kind of do it again. And it just kind of takes the, the power out of the first shot because it seems like he's just doing it to do it rather than it being like tied to that specific scene and meaning something a little bit more significant. But there is a lot of things I enjoy about this movie and very little I don't like about this movie. I thought it was... I'm going to take back my decent comment. I think it was a good movie. But there are quite a few things that don't impress me about it personally. Let's talk about the cinematography and just the camera work and the shots. Brendan, we'll start with you. What do you think about the way the film's made and just overall how it's kind of put together? Uh, so I, I, I'll agree with you that, that, <clears throat> that some of the shots are, um, they do get a little bit repetitive. Um, but I think that the cinematography really, really works for this movie because, um, where I think that, you know, 
angst failed with trying to use the camera to create emotion and put you in the character's mind, I think that Bliss does a really good job of um, of using the camera to to create a feeling and tell a story. I agree with that. There's a I few scenes. There's a few scenes where specifically where she's in the nightclub uh going to see the band and she's like it's starting to hit her after she walks away from that discussion with the other manager and she's walking down the hallway to go to the bathroom and the camera's slowly spinning and it's going mm-hmm. upside down as she walks into the bathroom and it's like a spiral going down this like like going down the rabbit hole kind of feeling and i felt that when I was watching that scene and then he does it again though. And then he does it again and then he does it again. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think the first execution of it was really well done and it did make me feel that. And then it kind of lost its, it's, I don't know. Like it lost it when he just kept doing it for other scenes personally. What did you think of it? Ian? Uh, I agree. I I actually really like the cinematography. Um, The, I like the filter that I had. It was kind of grainy kind of, um, looked like home video but very updated version of that i could be uh, wrong but i think he filmed on like 16 millimeter film or something like that like oh, something what? something on the lower end so that's why it has that look it's not a filter or anything it's it's the actual uh the film quality oh okay yeah um yeah the um the way he used the camera it was uh, it was very smart um it made us go through the emotions that she was feeling in a way um, but it, it, I agree with uh, Kyle. It did um, keep doing that. <laughs> it got it got a little got a little much. It was like, okay, we get it, we get it. Before you, we, you, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, do you guys agree with uh, this movie being certified fresh? Like, how does that sit with you? Spoilers, but yes. Oh okay. sure. I mean that yeah, that makes that that, that that makes me happy to see uh such a hyper stylized horror movie have such positive criticism. I agree. I agree. I I don't think it's uh it is hyper stylized but at the same time I don't I don't know it fits and it doesn't seem too extreme or like um I don't know. Like I, I've seen. I can't think of a name off the top of my head, but I've seen movies done like this before. I wish I had an example to give you, but I don't at the moment. Like I said, I just came out of this movie like 15 minutes before recording, <laughs> so I didn't have a lot of time to sit like sit with it. But uh, um, I do enjoy the editing probably more than the actual cinematography. Um, more specifically when she does go through her like transformation stage and the whole process of her mental state and hearing voices and it cutting in and out of hallucinations and reality. I think it's all done really well and it's cut together so well that like it doesn't even look like it's being filmed in two different scenes, but it, it most likely is at certain parts. Mm-hmm. You guys have any comments on the editing of the movie? Um, I did have to turn my head um, a couple times because it, it was making me pretty nauseous. Just the spinning. 
my girlfriend had the same reaction. She actually said that, well, she was extremely hungover this morning when we were watching it too, but um, she said that she did enjoy the movie, but she said that the cinematography of the movie didn't make her extremely dizzy, and it was kind of like too much at times. Enter the Void. That that would be a movie editing and cinematography wise that I think you could compare this to. And I will agree that it can get a little heavy at times with the camera work in Bliss. Whereas in something like Enter the Void, I think Gaspar Noé does a good job of working the camera smoothly as to not make you feel nauseous. It didn't make me feel nauseous personally. I actually like the editing of Bliss. It's very much my style. I like the chaotic nature of it. And I think it suited the tone of the movie very well. It was probably my favorite part of the movie, to be honest, was the editing. So um, it was definitely a pro for me. I could see it being a con for people, though, because it is very... I mean, it has a warning in the beginning of the movie yeah. <laughs> pretty much explaining that, yeah, this could be kind of funky for some people. But for me, it was fine, and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, especially the strobe lights mixed with the the spinning. That's yeah. Um, I I do have a question though. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, this wasn't just about drugs, right? Like her transformation thing wasn't just after her taking the drug drugs, right? No, it was a vampire movie. Okay, yeah, okay. So it is a vampire movie. Art. Yeah, that, that's why, uh, spoil, uh, spoiler territory, uh, that's why she explodes at the end of the movie. Okay. Oh, that but that's, a, that's an interesting take, Ian. Like, what if this all was, like, in her mind, and she was just tripping on these drugs the whole time? Yeah. And, like, she wasn't really a vampire, she was just murdering all these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it goes back and forth between, like, people living, people dying, people melting, like... That's true. That's interesting. But, but it is confirmed to be a vampire movie. Correct? Or uh Brennan. Yeah, I yeah, I'm pretty I'm I'm like 99% sure that Joe Bagos even refers to it as his vampire movie. Okay. Because it in the reason I'm comfortable saying that is because to this point in his um uh to this point in his uh oeuvre i guess mm. if that if that's how you pronounce it um he has for the most part only made creature features uh more or less because uh almost human is a werewolf thing vfw is like a hippie or uh like a punk zombies and bliss is a vampire movie i know it's definitely like out of the style of of a zombie or a vampire movie mm-hmm. um but i think that's why i'm comfortable considering this a vampire movie but ian i i do really like your idea of yeah that's maybe really she, cool. maybe she's just so strung out and i mean hey it it could still be considered a vampire movie if you're taking that that um that direction with it yeah Okay, because I, I didn't on, fully I, understand. I would, honestly, I would honestly give it a whole letter grade higher if that was how it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I like that idea a lot. But like, even on IMTB, it says, uh, 
A brilliant painter facing the worst creative block of her life turns to anything she can she can to complete her masterpiece, spiraling into a hallucinative hellscape of drugs, sex, and murder in the sleazer underbelly of Los Angeles. So it never mentions vampires, but that could just be part of the plot twist. They don't want to give away, but um, interesting. So we'll, we'll just take it into consideration, but as far as it stands now, this is a vampire movie. That's how we're going to discuss it. So Damn. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't want it to be true. But, but I like it, Ian. I like where your head's at on that. I like where your head's at on that. So as far as a vampire movie goes, do you guys have a lot of history with vampire films or fiction? Do you guys enjoy the whole vampire lore stuff? Where do you guys stand on that? Ian, we'll start with you. Oh, yeah. I think I'm a low-key vampire fan, for sure. I, I like to say I'm not. I like to say I'm, I'm, I'm more of a werewolf kind of guy. I feel like it, it, it got a little divided um, with the release of Twilight. But, uh, no, I, I like vampires as much as uh, the next guy, I guess. Underworld. Um, I, just, I, I haven't really seen a lot. I haven't seen too, too much. I haven't seen, uh, like, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, any of the Dracula uh, Universal Monster movies. But I enjoy them when I do watch them. Brendan, what about you? I don't have a huge history with them. I'm really not the biggest vampire fan. I mean, I, I, I like Nosferatu. I do like Bela Lugosi's Dracula. Um, I'm trying to think of some, some modern vampire movies I've seen, but I, I feel like I haven't seen many. The, the last one I saw was from i forget which festival it was but it was called red snow and it was a christmas vampire movie and that is like one of my top favorite vampire movies so i i don't have much um allegiance to vampires but if we're going to consider this a vampire movie which i mean definitely uh this would probably be my first or second favorite vampire movie yeah, I and also I'll, don't I'll, have... I'll take recommendations if anyone has any vampire movies that they want to throw out there. Well, yeah, I have a few recs. I I don't have a lot of history with vampire stuff either. I mean, I've read literally a couple of the Anne Rice books. I do like Interview with the Vampire, like the film a lot. Um, Blade, obviously, the first oh, Underworld's yeah. great, but like Christopher Lee's. Um, role is Dracula in the old films like the 60s films are probably my favorite interpretation of Dracula and also just they're really good vampire flicks so a couple of those I would recommend but I don't have like <clears throat> kind of like you said I don't have like a huge allegiance to of vampires I've been always more of like a zombie guy I've been more interested in that kind of lore yeah but this I can't I can't look at this as a vampire movie now <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Ian's got it in my head. But um, as a vampire... <laughs> excuse me. <clears throat> as a vampire movie, this is cool. It's a cool interpretation. Um, no fangs, which kind of lends itself to Ian's theory. Um, I don't know. It's... I can't get it out of my head, Ian. Yeah, it's I honestly thought she was just super hyped, hyped up on drugs. That's why yeah, she I mean, was able to, like... Like that was why she was a a hundred and ten pound girl was able to pick up that three hundred pound man, you know. Yeah, she was just fucking. It's the bliss, man. It's the bliss. He even warned her. 
crack, man. No, but um, the soundtrack I actually dug, but not so much like the licensed stuff. Like that was cool and everything, but the uh, just the com- like the music that was composed for the movie, mm-hmm. that like electronica, almost like uh, it reminded me of the soundtrack from It Follows. I really oh, dug yeah. it. Yeah, and it lended itself well to the to the scenes of calm and stuff like that. Do you guys have anything to say about the ending, or maybe the story progression going towards the ending? Like, well, because I have a couple complaints I want to talk about. Well, not complaints necessarily, but just confusions about the end of the movie. But throw it out. There. How do you feel about the? The story progression, the characters, maybe you want to talk about the two vampires, I guess we could say, that turns her, the vampire lore behind that. Do you guys have anything to discuss about any of that? Well, one, that that scene was hot. Very. Yeah. So, the beginning? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was nice. That was nice. I like the shower scene, actually, when it's like all black around her and then she has the blood coming through the shower head. I thought that was a really cool, uh, really cool shot. Agreed. So this, these two individuals turn her without letting her know what's and going then on. Just, and then they just ghost her. And they just ghost her <laughs> to figure this out on her own. Which I thought was funny, which is one of my like head turns for the ending was she comes into the apartment super pissed off that she's like, this this town isn't a feast. There's rules to this. And I'm like, bitch, she tried to come to you to get an explanation and yeah. the rules, and you blew her off like three times. So I don't know why you're mad at her now. Yeah, but doesn't make any sense. You know, I <laughs> you guys talk about. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm still waking up here. It's early. It's, it's early for our cast. You guys have anything you want to talk about? Um... Yeah, no, I, I, that was definitely messed up. And I think that that kind of added to a bit of the psychological horror element of it. Because think like if this happened to you and the person that did it just disappeared and you're like, why am I feeling these things? What's going on? That would just be absolutely insane. And I I think, I, I think that she actually handled it somewhat well, given the circumstances. Yeah, and most vampire lore, when they're first turned, they are super, like, non-elegant about it. They kind of go on a crazy, like, killing spree and hunger. So, like, it matches the whole vampire lore thing. So this is, like, her her initiation, I guess you could say. And it's crazy when she bites that dude's hand off. So the whole scene with the her first initial just giving in to the urge is when they're in the house with her supplier and she bites off his hand and just kills everybody in the room. That's the first time. It's really funny. That's the first time they use a, like a cinematography that I called out before it happened mm-hmm. is when she falls to the ground and then the camera is like mm-hmm. above her. And I like, I, I honestly said this in my head before it happened. I was like, they're going to do that scene where she raises and the camera follows her like a GoPro. And then it literally did that yeah. like right yeah. afterwards. And I was like, cool, that's awesome. And they do it a few more times again. 
Matt? Straight up taken from Upgrade. Well, it's done in a lot of films. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, it was like a lot of films. That's why I kind of knew they were going to do it. It just like it just felt like it was happening. Like I, I don't know. That whole scene was cool though. What do you guys think about the gore? Oh, I, I when she like peels back that dude's skin from his finger and it's showing the finger bone. I thought that was sick. Yeah, it was gnarly. And I love how that is followed up with as she's like sucking the blood out of him. You see his right hand in his like skin starts to wilt because she's literally draining all of the blood out of his body. I thought that that was a nice little addition. Um, I was sad that she killed George Went. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah, right. Like, because he's also in VFW, which I think that these movies were filmed not simultaneously, but like kind of one after the other. Um, Yeah, they're both 2019. Yeah, and I think it's interesting that he's in both of them, um, because I the the first time I saw it, it kind of took me out because I was like, "Oh shit, is that the dude from Cheers?" Um, but uh. You know, I thought that that the first killing scene was great. I thought that every scene of of killing in this was great. Besides when Courtney um, bites the neck of the one girl in the bathroom, um, every kill really stands out in this, I think. I agree with you. The popping of the neck, like breaking that dude's neck in half at the end oh, oh my God. was fucking best kill. awesome. Yeah, that's... I, I was not expecting agree, that. That's the best kill, right? Not expecting that at all. She just like so, nearly rips his head completely off. Yeah, that scene looked awesome. The gore on that was awesome. And then he gets turned and comes back. Is that right? Am I understanding that correctly? No, I think that was a hallucination. That was a hallucination? Yeah. So the girl, the blonde girl stabbing him was also a hallucination? And killing him? And then fighting her? <laughs> well i i i think that i'm just I think that, a clarification i'm not you know i'm not I, talking shit <laughs> no 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 i i think that the initial kills that we see are all the real kills and then it's a mixture of her bloodlust she's high on the blood she's high on the bliss and she's also smoking a uh enough weed to kill an elephant um i think that the initial kills that we see are real kills. And then everything after that is just a mixture of her. Yo, just think if she was bit by a zombie in Rambox, she would have turned immediately. Yeah. Like immediately. All, all that adrenaline in this movie, this movie is nothing but adrenaline. It's true. Um, What did you guys, Uh, the, the big thing I want to know is what did you guys think of like the, the painting and, I'm not just specifically talking about the final product, but like the progression of the painting. I thought the progression was cool. I liked how it was kind of signifying the body count, you know, and just kind Mm -hmm. of leading its way to, you know, her and stuff. I thought it was a cool painting. I thought it was like what it signified was cool. It was almost like a precursor to the end of the movie, slowly building. And yeah, no, I thought it was cool. Um, I, I like the painting. Uh, I, what I don't like is in movies when like art critics or um, gallery uh, owners come in and like see an artwork and ask if it's finished. Yeah. Or no, they just assume it's not finished. Yeah. And like I, when she came in, I thought it was 
pretty much done, right? No. Like, no. it could have been. She it, didn't. Sure, she, it could have been, but... But because at that point, she hadn't added Courtney, Clive, or the building manager's body to it. And also, she wasn't painted on there yet. Well, right, but we didn't know that at the time. Yeah. And also, the to Ian's point, the... Uh, what do you call her? Does. The paint Gallerita, Gallerita owner. Oh, that chick. She didn't know about the body count, so she was like, "You know, you're missing a few <laughs> bodies in here. Get those bodies painted on. Make sure you paint yourself up here, and then we're gonna be good, okay? I want it by Thursday, okay?" <laughs> so she didn't know about it yet. But um, I, I did. Uh, one thing that I did think was interesting, and and also probably meta. If I was a successful artist, I would maybe understand this more. Um, but how after Nikki sees the painting, she goes back to the agent and was like, what are you talking about? This is great. And then the agent shows up and he's like, uh, I just uh, needed to light a fire under your ass. And she's like, no, you fired me. You have nothing to do with this. Get out of here. I thought that um, I don't know how realistic or not that is, but I, I did like that inclusion of the the slimy agent crawling back. Yeah, no, that whole that whole fuck you scene was very satisfying because that guy was a huge prick and he was just trying to cash in last minute. Fuck him. Whatever. He didn't die, though. He didn't die, though. Yeah, it would have been way more satisfying if, you, if she killed him. But, yeah. You know, whatever. The, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Going back to what Brennan said about you see it, but you don't see it. I don't know. I, I didn't think that was a throwaway line personally. Like, it makes sense. Like, she, I think all painters have their own, or all directors, all artists, like what Brennan said, have like the vision in their head of what they're doing. And it could mean or not mean what it's interpreted as, as a final product. So, I don't know. I didn't think of it as a throwaway line. Sorry to go back to that, but I just thought about it right now. Um, the ending, though. She well, explained paint. Right? Oh, I was gonna say before that, that final scene of her painting. Oh, where she's painting, yeah. where she's uh naked and she's covered in paint and she's like writhing on the canvas. And then yeah, you know, what I did think was interesting actually about that final scene, um, like some of it she paints with her body, and then there's this one shot where she has uh, a bit of blue paint on the brush. And uh, we're seeing it from the side, so we're not seeing the actual painting. We're just seeing her in the paintbrush. Um, and she goes to make, like, I counted uh, 12 uh, strokes she goes to make, but she never actually touches the canvas. And I actually think that that was a... Initially, I was like, okay, that's a bad shot. But I, in, in hindsight, I think that that's kind of um, an interesting glimpse into the mind of an artist um you know you you have this idea of you know if you're writing a script i want to add this scene but then you think about the scene and you're like would it actually fit or you're painting and you're like i want to add this color but this color doesn't match what's going on so she's like miming putting blue on the painting but she doesn't actually follow through with it and i thought that that was a really interesting moment yeah that's really cool i didn't catch that actually that whole scene though is chaotically edited oh yeah. and it doesn't 
like it's it's well done though. Like it doesn't just look like a bunch of fucking scenes thrown together. Like there's a progression, a story being told through all those cuts, and I super dug it. That whole scene was awesome. And then she dies. That so, was cool. That was cool. She explodes. Oh, let's go back to just how the vampires were killed too. It's not stop motion, right? No. Like the way they their face kind of melts. No, that's uh, that's uh, it looks stop motion. It, it looks stop motion. I I I get what you're saying. What I think that he was doing was kind of like the Indiana Jones thing. Um, you you make a clay or wax stra- uh, person, and then you heat it with a hair dryer, and then you speed it up. Oh, you speed it up. Yeah, yeah, you speed okay. up the footage. So if if and if if it was filmed on on. 16 like you said um i think that that might have just been um a product of the the type of film that makes sense okay so another comment she actually did shoot herself though right and then like her vampire powers healed her i think so that was that was so dope (laughs) that was dope but that was just a hallucination that or if yeah based on what Brendan was saying earlier, how like the guy not coming back and the girl killing him and all that stuff was a hallucination as well. It could have just been a hallucination or part of the, like the trip, I guess I took it as it really happened though. Gotcha. But she was hearing the guy scream outside that whole scene and stuff. So it could have just been part of the hallucination, but this, this movie is just 80 minutes of pure chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Like I, I, I don't have this movie on DVD. I wish I did, but like there, there needs to be a review of this movie and uh, a review of it, uh, a snippet of a review on the cover and right above the word bliss or like right at the bottom of the cover. It just needs to say in quotes, pure chaos, because that's this movie is nothing but just nothing but adrenaline. Even the scene when she first takes the bliss and uh or the the diablo as it's uh labeled um she lays on the ground and she just stares at the ceiling um, that whole that whole scene was really cool too and the editing again was really cool when they don't it doesn't even look like it skips to another scene and the guy just kind of busts in and he's like oh yeah. shit and like and that whole time I was like oh damn the party's happening now she must have been chilling there for a while <laughs> Seriously. Like that's exactly what happened. And I was like, but it ha- like the transition happened so like seamlessly that you don't mm-hmm. notice. And I enjoyed that. And I, I think that speaks speaks to Joe Bigos Begos as a director. And I think once you watch VFW, you'll kind of notice his specific style. Um, where I, VFW is a little more, I think, accessible than this movie, uh, but he still carries a lot of that style. Um, but I'm 99% sure the scene that, that we're talking about after she takes the bliss and looks up at the ceiling fan, I'm like 99% sure that's an homage to Frank Henenlotter's brain damage. Okay. Which, when you guys finally watch that, I think you'll you'll recognize. Yeah, I still need to watch that film. Do you guys have anything else you want to cover about the film before we get into our final thoughts and review? No, I got nothing. Uh, I, I'm just obsessed with 
I, I've never seen anything else by with the main girl in it. I know that you said she was in Dexter, and I also think mm. she was in Friday Night Lights. Um, but like, I'm just completely obsessed with the character of Des. I think that she's she may be one of my favorite, like, it's a top 10 characters in a horror movie because she's just she's interesting she's insanely gorgeous and uh it's just i think that she absolutely kills it in this role she 100 percent carries the movie for sure Wait, and she's a great guys, character you guys have seen sky high right yeah. yeah okay there's a scene in the nightclub where um she's like meeting she's meeting someone and he just goes up to her. He's like, Des Dumont. That dude reminded me of the like big head guy from. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was. Wait, we didn't talk about how the, the guy that runs the record label, his name is Dante. I thought that was a fun little um, like red herring thrown in. Like for Dante's Inferno. Well, no, uh, d- because um, kind of like he's the devil. Oh kind of stuff and like his his entrance in the movie is uh he's like very assertive and very very powerful so i just thought that that was a fun little i didn't take that as a throwaway i feel like a lot of times when you want to make someone spooky or ominous you give him like uh um maybe like a more latin sounding name like vincent or something um but no i that that was that, that was mainly my 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 final thoughts Okay. Well, let's get into it. Final, final, final thoughts and review of Bliss 2019. Brendan, you are the one up first because we already have your review technically on Letterboxd. So final thoughts and review. Actually, I had to look up what my Letterboxd was on this. Um, No, this movie, and I I hate when I repeat myself, but I'm going to do it. This movie is just wall-to-wall chaos. Um, from the opening epilepsy-inducing title cards to the very final second when she blows up. Like There is not a moment in this movie where you can just take a breath and relax from what's happening. And I think as a, uh, as a movie of this caliber, I think that it does such an incredible job of creating the scares running with the scares and just making you feel wholly uncomfortable. Um, so I would give it a, I'll say 89. 89%. Ian, final thoughts and review bliss 2019. Um, I think the director did a good job of incorporating the movies he loves into one film um it was an enjoyable experience i'm gonna give it a 76 76. i enjoyed this movie it was a fun ride the gore was cool the soundtrack was cool it was fitting i loved the the depiction of la i love the shots in her apartment of the landscape it set a tone with some background storytelling and 
overall, like I felt like this movie lends itself well to the vampire library of films. I think that I need to see more films from this director because I did like the style of this movie, but it does feel borrowed. And I, I need to know exactly what his style is, if this is in fact his style or if it's something that he's paying homage to other films. But I did enjoy it. And I think it's a good movie. I'm going to give this a 82%. Hell yes. So that being said, the final Red Room rating for Bliss 2019 is 82%, which is pretty high of a score. That makes me yeah. happy. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, that you guys dug this one. I did. So we're going to end this episode like we do every episode. With your favorite game. Your favorite game. Is it right? Is it right? I don't know. Is it right? Is it right? This is the game where we read off a description of a movie. Brendan and Ian have to guess whether the movie is fresh or rotten based on that description. Afterwards, they will guess the percentage if they get the first question right, awarding them up to a possible two points. Fellas, are you ready? Oh, yeah. That is correct. (laughs) Number one. Five carnival workers are kidnapped the night before Halloween and held hostage in a large compound. At the mercy of their captors, they are forced to play a twisted game of life or death. For the next 12 hours, they must fight for their lives against an endless parade of homicidal maniacs. Is it fresh or is it rough? So this is Haunt 2019. Do I think no, it is? I don't I don't think it is. Fresh or frozen? Because they're not they're not kidnapped in Haunt. Um I'm gonna I'm say kidnapped. <laughs> they willingly go into the haunted house in Haunt. And then they're locked in there forever. And can't leave. Hmm? Kidnapping? I don't know. I feel like you've talked me into it now. Oh, I'm gonna go fresh. Ian's talked us both into something today, man. He's on a roll, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. If if it, if it is haunt, I I'll say fresh. So you guys both say fresh. It is in fact rotten. Damn. Was it amusement? So you guys do not get access to the next question. Therefore, I will go ahead and reveal what it is. Genre horror, 2016. Uh, directed by Rob Zombie, it is thirty-one. Oh, god oh. damn it! I haven't seen that it. movie. Is definitely rotten. <laughs> and again, we are going. I think from this point forward, unless there is no user score, we're just going to go off the user score from now on. Okay. So, number two. After marrying the charming and seductive Sir Thomas Sharp, young Edith finds herself swept away to his remote Gothic mansion in the English Hills. Also living there is Lady Lucille, Thomas's alluring sister and protector of the family's dark secrets. Able to communicate with the dead, Edith tries to decipher the mystery behind the ghostly visions that haunt her new home. As she comes closer to the truth, Edith may learn that the true monsters are made of flesh and blood. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Rotten. It feels like an anime, or it sounds like it. It's probably Beauty and the Beast. Um, I'm going to go fresh. Such a disappointing Gilly movie. Is it fresh or is it rotten? Oh, I said, I said rotten. Oh, okay. 
It is, in fact, rotten. So Brennan gets the first points on the board for today. And Brennan, what is your guess on the percentage? Uh, well, I was very disappointed with this movie. Um, I could see how it would have some critical and some mass appeal, but I think that it would it probably lies at uh, 50. Okay. It is, in fact, at 55%. Brennan gets the second point. It is genre romance, horror, mystery, and thriller. 2015's Crimson Peak, directed by Guillermo del Toro. I didn't hate the movie. It was all right. Still haven't seen it. It Yeah, I I, I was so ambivalent about it, which is unfortunate because I really like his stuff. It was trying so hard to be an old, like, Vincent Price film. Yeah. Number three, Mark, a young boy who loses his mother, must stay with his extended family while his father is away on business. Mark becomes acquainted with his cousin, Henry. However, the extent of Henry's insanity becomes clear when Mark sees him kill a neighbor's dog. After a supposed mishap on an icy pond with Henry's sister, Connie, Mark tries to reveal Henry's crimes before it's too late. I know exactly what this is. Um, I'm going to go fresh. Okay. Rotten. Only because I don't know what it is. No, I don't know what it is, but I just want to go opposite you. Okay. Okay. It is, in fact, rotten. Damn, man. gets another point. It's a good movie, though. It is a good movie. I agree with you. What movie is Brennan takes another point. So let me go ahead and add that to the board here. Guess the percentage, Brendan. 40? It is, so you're wrong. You're not within the 7%. It is rotten at 54% with 50K plus ratings. Genre, mystery, thriller, horror, directed by Joseph Rubin. 1993's The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. Absolute banger. It is a good movie, I agree. Yeah, never seen it. Number four. When 16-year-old Nicole meets 23-year-old David at a Seattle nightclub, she falls in love. David is exciting and charming, and despite the wide age gap, he wins over Nicole's family, except for her workaholic father, Stephen, who's suspicious of David from the start. His concerns are realized when David turns out to be a violent sociopath who sees Nicole as his possession and her family's home, a fortress to be invaded. Is it fresh, or is it rotten? Well, I kind of want to see whatever this is, so I'm no saying No idea. Fresh. It sounds fresh to me. I have to go opposite of Brennan at this point. <laughs> so It is, in fact, fresh. Great. <laughs> Brennan, <laughs> taking the lead, undefeated so far. Brennan, what is your guess on the percentage? Uh, the threshold is seven percent. No, I mean it's oh, uh oh you're talking about nine or sixty nine. Sixty and up is fresh. Fifty nine okay. and below is rough. okay. Um, then I'll say sixty five. It is in fact at sixty three percent. So Brendan gets a fifth point. Let's go with fifty thousand ratings. Genre mystery thriller horror directed by James Foley. It is the nineteen ninety six film. Fear with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, and I forgot the other girl's name. She's in Sweet Home Alabama. 
Guillermo Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon. Yes. Lastly, number five. Great. (laughs) (laughs) A typical night out for a group of veterans turns into an all-out battle for survival when a desperate teen runs into the bar with a bag of stolen drugs. When a gang of violent punks come looking for her, the vets use every weapon at their disposal to protect the girl and themselves from an unrelenting attack. Is it fresh or is it rotten? This is unfortunate. This is fresh, baby. I'm just going to say whatever Brennan says at this point. <laughs> it is, in fact, frozen. No, I'm kidding. It is fresh. <laughs> it is fresh. And do you guys want to guess the percentage? Brennan, what are we going with? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ian, because I want you to get a point, and this is something that well, he I... he just got one. So. Well, I want him to get another one. I feel oh, bad. Okay. And oh, you want this... me to get one and you not to? Oh, I mean, this is something that I had looked up earlier today. Yeah. Um, so just follow my lead here. But uh, we're going to lock in our scores at, <laughs> at 62%. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. It is, in fact, 62% with 100-plus ratings, genre mystery and thriller slash action directed by your boy, Joe Begos. 2019 film VFW. So that puts the ongoing total and score. Brendan, five. Ian, two. Got some catching up to do. I feel like the Cleveland Browns right now. What like? <laughs> this has been another episode of the Ruminations of Red Rum. The coked out, fangless <laughs> podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Ruminations of Red Room and on Twitter at Of Red Room. That's OF Red Room. And please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Make sure you hit us up with a review and give us a rating. That being said, I'm your host, Kyle, with a kid DK. And today we have with me Ian with two E's. Yeah, that's me. And that's you listening to this podcast right now. Me. Look at, look at us. Who would have thought? And the new blood, Brendan. You hear us, but you don't fucking hear us. Stay pretentious. I, I mean, stay spooky. <laughs>